and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Nope, directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom and Juzo. Juzo, how are you doing? Isaac, how are you doing? Juzo, go first. Uh, very good. Thank you for having me back. We were going to talk about Ready Player One, but this is probably a better film, so that's okay. Yeah, it's really my fault because I didn't have any time this week to <laughs> to watch any movies. So. I, it's really, I was very happy to watch Ready Player One, even with no purpose, so that's fine, Cameron. <laughs> I'm good, too. I'm just, I just got back from a trip, uh, some vacation time, so I didn't have time to watch anything. Uh, well, honestly, I had time to watch a lot of things, but I didn't know what I was supposed to watch this week, and I didn't have internet, so it was hotel hotel movies so um you know but the, the- always an interesting selection aren't they i i i like um i like airplane movies uh cuz a lot of times it's like what's on hbo you know um yeah, actually yeah. i i partially watched some of paddington on my or paddington 2 on my ipad on a plane ride um just a little inside scoop but and i was i was crying in the plane <laughs> as as you do with that movie so. i've heard that it, it enhances like you cry more on planes i've i don't Could think i ever watched a movie on a plane so i don't really know but mm. yeah no i i have not I, don't, I never watch movies on a plane cameron are you kidding me i was really? trying to like glue my face to the window seat with like music playing and i'm like no, uh, what yeah, would happen that's, that's if that's I cool had too. to like? What if I was Steve Carell and get smart and I was stuck in the bathroom? Usually, usually I like to like read a book or like audiobook, but it really was because of the show that I needed to I needed to catch up. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I'll, I can start what I've been watching, Cameron. I'm kind of interested if you've seen this film. Um, the most artistic and creative movie I watched over my break was a movie called Minari, uh, and. I, I don't know what the actor's name is, but he's in Nope, and he's in Walking Dead as Glenn. Mm. I, Steven yeah, Yoon. Steven Yoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always call him Glenn, but yeah, Steven Yoon is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a 2020 release. Um, just kind of like a family drama. I enjoyed it. It's in, it's a Korean movie, I think. It's Well, they they speak in Korean. Well, it's, a, uh, it's Korean a, American. Yeah, yeah, it's American, but um, you know, produced in America, but it is, yeah, Korean language film. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I think it's pretty simple. I don't think there's too much to um, dissect from the movie, but I I do think the performances are really like just heartfelt and, and warming. So I recommend it if you yeah. haven't seen it. Um, Cameron, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I watched it. Um, I think I watched it in theaters when it came out. And I really enjoyed it. It was one of my um, favorites from that year. Um, and definitely, yeah, is heartwarming, sort of a sweet, uh, movie. It's, it's pretty low budget. Um, I think it was only a couple million dollars. So it was kind of an indie movie. Um, I mean, an A24 movie, but, um, you know, it's, it, it really has a sweet feeling and sort of one that, um, I don't know, you, you, uh, you go in kind of expecting to feel a certain way and, I feel like it 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 definitely delivers, you know, as that sort of family uh family dr- drama. So, well, I I I was going to say like I thought something horrific was going to happen the entire film. Oh, it's not yeah, really okay. the point of the movie, yeah. you know. So, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with the ending, how it kind of comes full circle, but um that that's probably 
the most interesting film I watched when I was gone. Juzo, do you want to add any any thoughts on it? Oh, nothing. Just that I, I I like it as a it's it's sort of an autobiographical film based on the director's childhood. I like those sort of movies, and um, I think this is one of the better versions of that. I, I definitely connected a lot to it. I think my own my own family or people who came to America and became farmers. So there, there's a little bit of a parallel there. Um, and I also just think the woman who plays the grandmother in the movie, uh, Yu Jun Yoon, is yeah. just wonderful. Oh I think a very deserving Oscar that she won. Um, that's cool. I also watched uh, The Fugitive, which I haven't seen in years. And um, I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting to watch this movie kind of in retrospective of all the other different artistic films we watched because it's sort of a straightforward thriller, but it's really breakneck. I did not remember it being, like, literally so, like, like kind of intense literally up until the last second of the movie where the conclusion happens... And there's no reflection on the conclusion. It's just over. The movie's over. Like as soon as it's like it starts right away um, with kind of the suspense, and it never stops, and it goes to the last moment, and then it's done. And I, and I was just like, wow, this movie like it's already long, and it doesn't feel long, and it just keeps going. So if you haven't seen The Fugitive, I think a lot of people, you know, have high high opinions of this movie. I I was pleasantly surprised rewatching it. It's terrific. I, I love The Fugitive. It's like one of my favorite movies from uh, my, not exactly my childhood, but that period where I started getting into movies. And uh, it probably one of the better movies of the 90s. I mean, it's it's as straightforward a movie as you can get. You you know the story, you can summarize it in one sentence, but it's in, in terms of the craft, it's about as good as a movie like that could be, I think. Um, yeah. I have not seen The Fugitive, so maybe that's that's one I should check out. Oh, you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Cool. Harrison Ford rules. Tommy Lee Jones. I think he won an Oscar. It was a weird, like, kind of prestige yeah. when it came. Yeah. You know, it got Best Picture nominated, and <laughs> uh, Jones won an Oscar for it. The same year Schindler's List came out. Um, so it's kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's not as remembered, but I think it's a great movie. Also, to kind of round out the critically acclaimed, you know, Cameron, I watched another movie with Robert De Niro and christopher walken um uh just to kind of like piggyback off the deer hunter the film called the war with grandpa um it's a nightmare it's literally nightmare fuel do not watch this movie i don't know why they're both in this film there's a scene with robert de niro and christopher walken uh violently playing dodgeball against his grandson as some sort of like blood feud where they're trying to like pummel these kids with the it's it's really just it's not even good it's not good don't watch it um but but i will say i fully enjoyed it with juliana um it was a blast to watch (laughs) and uh it was just yeah don't don't see it you're saying don't watch it but everything you're saying about it is making me want to watch it so you'll hate yourself if you do it i feel like it's definitely one of those like like I, I don't know. We weren't under the influence, but I wish we were kind of watching it, you know, <laughs> like, it was like, wow, this is just awful. Um, and I'm going to power through these last two. I watched a movie called The Art of Racing in the Rain. Also very bad. Um, Not very good. It's about a dog that monologues about his owner. And <laughs> voiced by Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner as the dog is so funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. That's a terrible movie. Uh, and I rewatched The Avengers because I had some Marvel hate brewing in my bones and i was like i wonder if i'll ever feel nostalgic to show these movies to my kids watching the first avengers i 
really enjoyed it and I turned it off before the finale because I just don't want to watch a CGI mess. But everything else everything <laughs> else about the movie I really enjoyed. Like I was like Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I was I was like the beginning, super good, the conflict with the characters, I love this. And as soon as they're gonna jump into New York, I was like, Yeah, you know. I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna watch the well, that's, I'm gonna watch the fugitive and that was worth it. So Yes, that's very interesting because I mean that finale is I mean it's not I mean, it's made for a casual viewer, so it's that's very telling. If if Isaac, the casual viewer, is like, no, 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 I don't want to please like enough with this CGI stuff. Um, I just, I, I think I, like the 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 conflict with all the heroes and the kind of um, conspiracy theory plot around like Shield and things like that, like that's where the drama and fun of revisiting that movie is, with like some of the some of the things to come that you already know about. It's like, oh, it's really cool how. There's actors you don't notice in this movie that are in later movies. Like they're they're actually like very intentional with some of the some of the things that they're showing in this movie. And yeah, it was it was it was fun to revisit. Um, but Cameron, what have you been watching? Well, I've I've watched basically nothing. So I was I was in Tahoe um, uh, this last week while you were in Mexico, um, and. I don't think I turned on the TV once because we did so many things. We were, we were, we were extremely active. So Whoa. yeah, I had no, uh, no watching, no, you know, barely even like listening to anything. I was, I was pretty busy. So, um, yeah, now that I'm back, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've had a couple, uh, TV show recommendations that I want to check out. I want to, I want to watch the bear. Um, I think that's kind of the next on next on my list because I've heard rave, rave, rave things about it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> the bear rules, man. That's a very, very good show. Um, Kazu recommended that to me and I think a lot there, there's a, f- a handful of great food movies, you know, there's Ratatouille, there's pig, there's, um, chef, but this is, I think, the first one that kind of de-romanticizes cooking and makes it into the sort of breakneck, like Safety Brothers or like third of last third of Goodfellas kind of mm-hmm. feeling to it. Um, it has real intensity to it, and I think uh, it's wonderfully acted. Um, yeah, would very highly recommend that show. Juzo, have you watched anything on top of that? Uh, I mean, a, a number of things that I don't know if anyone. I I, I watched from my uh, Mick LaSalle class uh, a very good film called Salesman, which is a documentary from the late '60s about um, Bible salesmen just traveling the world. I mean, it's such an antiquated idea. The idea of someone who comes into your house and tries to sell you something, and they're selling these gold embossed Bible. Most of these people own Bibles, and they're trying to sell Bibles that are like $45, which in 1969, that's like $400 now or something, almost $500. You imagine like some guy coming into your house and pressuring you in, in a, in this time where you're, people are a lot more polite, you know, people are, I was noticing nowadays people would just be like, get, get out of my house. Like, please leave. But people are so polite that they, you feel like people are sometimes are buying them just to not be rude to the person. Um, <laughs> it is one of the most bleak, crushing, depressing films I've ever seen, and I couldn't recommend it more. Wow! Um, so that's salesman. <laughs> that that sounds actually pretty, um, you know, pretty depressing to to view. I'm not sure. It's like depressing and also like very interesting, right? Yeah, it, I, it's not something you really enjoy, but it is. It is a kind of a wonder, um, amazing. Uh, time capsule 
Um, I also saw this movie called The Afterlight that is basically it, it is made up of clips of films existing films from before 1960 other than one shot that's original but it sort of creates a it's not really a narrative it's just a series of kind of down moments so he takes the moment from like a noir thriller that's just a guy you know drinking coffee or walking down the street and he makes 80 minutes of this so it's kind of you know boring but what's interesting about it is it's the only this is the there's one copy of the film that exists it exists on a 35 millimeter print that he tours the world with and he's deleted it from every other, at least he says he has, from every hard drive anywhere else. So basically the idea behind the movie is he's just going to screen it as it accumulates more and more you know, grain and dust and whatnot until it finally breaks down and then the film will be lost. So it was sort of one of these things where I'm like, oh, I feel like I have to see it because it's, uh, you know, might be the only chance to see this thing. Um I don't know if I, if it's in your area, I'd recommend checking it out. It's kind of interesting, um, but I th- I'm, it's I'm also, probably gonna not see that. But. Yeah, you would not enjoy this. <laughs> it, it, nothing. It's a movie where nothing happens. So I mean, I, I think for for a person like me, I'm watching and I'm trying to guess what the movies are. Like I have more uh, interest in that sort of thing. But it just kind of it creates an interesting mood. Like it, it does it does create a feeling beyond just like. Oh, here's a clip from Humphrey Bogart. Like, you, there, there's something a little bit more going on. But I will, I will um, say, pres- it's not something I'd like. Uh, oh, you have to go see it. Media preservation and time has never punched me more in the stomach as until very recently, um, when uh, we were clearing out my my dad's home. My grandma passed away like a few what, like a couple months, three months ago, um, and we found these old like cassette tapes um, that were recorded on like this ancient Zoom device, right? And these tapes, like they were just my uncles playing guitar, a lot of Beatles music, right? Um, and we plugged this, we 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 plugged these cassettes into this old like um, boombox, and it's it starts to play, and you know we can we don't really know who's playing, but. It was just incredible. I could have sat there all day. I kid you guys not, right? You can hear the background shouts. You know, dinner's almost ready. The tape stops. Next track, right? Like, you can... It's almost like you're, like, being drawn into this, like, slice of life that was so not valued in the moment, but, like, like so much later, it's like, I just want to immerse myself in it. I think we sat and listened to this tape as a family, like for 30 minutes. Like we were just sitting there. And I was like, I can never, I will never get enough of this tape. And one day the tape will break. And I wish I could hear. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could hear more of this. I want to know those sounds in the background. I hear my aunt as a teenager running up the stairs, you know, like it's, it's, it's like that kind of thing. Like at least I can understand sort of maybe how this guy feels running around with the with the reel of film right what i forgot to mention also is the part of the the conceit of the film is every person in the film is deceased that's why it's before 1960 so there is an aspect of it also that's about impermanence and i think i'm, I'm glad that's a w- lovely story isaac i'm very happy at the ending i was expecting a different ending which is you turned it on and it doesn't play anymore because i mean that that can yeah. happen you know yeah i'm it's very happy to hear that it, it does and it is weird how <laughs> those things can really be unexpectedly uh powerful yeah because i just i recently watched some 
I mean, home movies that I guess my of my grandma when she was a very small child. So this is like 80 years ago, home movies, yeah. black and white film. And um, and my uncle edited these using like pop music. So he put like Simon Garfunkel music over it. And I mean, like watching that was you know more powerful than any film I saw I mean, that year. It was like unbelievable to see it. Oh, my, that was my grandma walk, running around with her her sister at, you know, four years old. Just it's it's really a pretty amazing thing. I think there's no other better segue into the conversation about the movie we are talking about this week. But this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Get uh, irregular bonus content for just a dollar when we can release it and access to all the other bonus content we've put out. Uh, you can have your questions read on air, claim the ability to vote on films we watch each month. And if you don't have dollars, it's all good. We totally get it. Uh, we just appreciate ratings on iTunes or sharing the show. All that stuff helps. We appreciate your time. We thank you for listening to the show or small production, but... Uh, we just appreciate you guys listening and we hope you enjoy the content. We're talking about Jordan Peele's Nope, which was my most anticipated film of this year, probably by far. Uh, and it is the only movie that I watched in the theaters this summer, which is a sin to Cameron and Juzo. I know <laughs> I should have watched, you know, uh, Top Gun, but there, there's really nothing else that I... Like, for me, I was like, this is the one I cannot wait to watch. And I watched it with a big group of people, too. I watched it with uh, Jules, who was also excited because she loved us. Um, I watched it with my sister and her husband and uh, two other of their friends. And it was so fascinating to me to walk out of the theater after watching it. I was just, like, smiling ear to ear. I was like, I, I don't even know, like, what I just experienced. I don't even know how I feel. I was just so happy to be there to watch the movie, right? Um, and... Like, instantly, like, there's a couple murmurs, right? Like, my sister was like, that was weird. What was the deal with, the, like, what was the deal with the monkey? What was the deal with the monkey, you know? And everyone's kind of discussing the movie, and some people are, like, like actually disturbed. Other people were like, I've never seen a movie like that. That was so, like, that was kind of cool, you know? I, I don't quite understand it. And I have been marinating on this film for about two, three weeks, and it has not left my mind. Uh, even driving down towards Mexico, we're in the LA desert area, and I can't stop thinking about this movie. Right? Obviously, like we're in we we we're in California, and I'm like, it's just it's it's sucking me in. It's drawing me in. I don't know what it is about this movie. So you know, we talk about the cinematic canon on the show, but it, for me, this is like, you know, of course, Cameron and I are traveling. It's been hard to watch different movies and collaborate, but I'm like it doesn't bother me to put this on, on a show. Like we need to talk about this movie, Cameron, uh, thoughts on watching. Nope. Context, anything. Yeah. Um, well for me, I, so I really enjoyed us and, um, it's kind of weird to say this cause I think at the time when it came out, it, it I, I don't know if I liked it better than, um, than get out, but I think I do at this point, at least I think about it at, more than get out. Um, and some of the sort of images and the feelings that I got from that movie have stuck in my mind a little bit more. Um, and you, when you were saying like, Nope is a movie that you've sort of just thought about over and over and over again since you've seen it. Um, I feel the same exact way about, about us. Um, and there's something that he can do that he, he, he has a, 
kind of an uncanny ability to grab a hold of you with um with certain ideas or certain images um and this movie it's funny because my my criticism that I had for us uh is the same criticism sort of that I have that I have for this movie where um I feel like some things some ideas uh in the conclusion of the movie don't really um stick as well um and sort of some of the third half of both or third you know, last third maybe of both of these movies um don't do as much for me as the setup and sort of the the ride to get to it um but really i mean if that's my criticism it's uh it's you know it's not it's not too bad i mean there 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 are really some amazing um moments and ideas in both of these movies um and yeah i i i don't know i i kind of like this maybe better than get out as well um it's it might be my second favorite of peel's movies um though again hard to say i haven't seen get out since uh i don't know maybe the year after it came out um so i i guess i'd want to go back and and uh revisit it but i don't know to me like the the images and sort of the um i guess the visceral nature of of nope um really has stuck with me and like look i saw it in a less than ideal viewing experience i was like in a packed theater like on the edge um like looking straight up and like in the corner you know it's like it's not that ideal but the fact that they're still you know I'll be going about my day and I'll think about certain um images of the movie you know even watching it in that sort of less than ideal state I think speaks magnitudes on um maybe just peel's ability to um to you know, enrapture an audience, I guess you could say. So, um, I don't know, Juzo, any, any thoughts, uh, have you gotten a chance to, to digest it yet or, or no? Yeah. I mean, definitely. And definitely think about a lot and read people's one of the few times I actually really enjoy looking at stuff on Twitter, at least get something out of it, which is hearing, reading what other people are thinking and analysis. Um, it's interesting when you compare it to his other movies because I think like Get Out is a perfectly constructed screenplay. Everything in it makes perfect sense. Everything that's set up is paid off. Um, but it's in a way, it's like because it's so clean, it's almost not as exciting because you understand it's very like direct what the movie's mm, about. Yeah. And the filmmaking is is very good. I mean, it's a very, very good movie. Um, but it, you, you come away with... Um, like okay I, I get it and us being a little bit more flawed and a little bit more ungainly but beautifully made i think made the movie more lasting to me and i do think it's a better movie and i think in some ways nope is probably even messier and it's more um definitely more uh, discursive more it, it digresses into other tangents that are not related to the quote-unquote main plot but that i think are thematically related um in a way that um sometimes is a little bit um you, like you don't your footing is not exactly solid mm-hmm. um but again it's like i think he's leveled up even further as a just a pure craftsman and working with christopher nolan's dp hoyt van hoytema it's i mean it's definitely his best looking movie i mean yeah. just um 
I mean, really only one of the only really cool looking films other than Maverick of the year in a, in a time where um, movies of, of big budget and big scale don't necessarily I mean, are you really left with any images from Doctor Strange or you know, Thor two or Thor? Which which Thor is that? Thor three, four, four? whatever. Um, it's like you know th- these movies are completely forgettable, but this there's so much that it leaves you with. Um, but yeah, as an experience of watching it, whatever quibbles I might have had, I think it's easily the best film of the year. I mean, um, both in terms of how good it is and how much I just enjoyed it and was delighted by it. I think it hits a lot of things I just personally enjoy from the sort of carpenter esque, you know, small group of people in a, in a situation fighting for their lives to the kind of Spielbergian uh, combination of wonder and also the horror and sci-fi elements of Spielberg's earlier movies. Um, It's a great film about filmmaking, about film history. Um, and it's just, and it's also just, you know, it's really funny and it's, uh, performances are great. Um, music is great. Um, I don't know. I like everything about this movie. I feel like it's just one of those movies where you, you can watch it and you're like, what, what more is there to ask for out of like a movie that's to this? Like it goes for me, like the more I've thought about it, I was like, I was in awe when viewing the movie, right? And then with some of the revealed aspects of the film, I was disturbed, shocked, you know, yeah, surprised, excited by the ending. I walk out, I say, I have no idea what I'm thinking. Like, I don't even know what to think, you know? I have no idea what to think. Um, I knew that I liked it better than Get Out. I watched Get Out after Us. So for me, Get Out has always been sort of bland. And I know that's like sacrilegious to say but when you watch us first you're like dude this movie's got style it's got humor it's got visuals that i'll never forget and then you watch get out and i'm like i don't know if i could tell you a visual moment in that movie i know it it wrapped up really well but i'm not entirely sure like why it's not resonating where I think of us and it's like album cover after album cover of visual uh, feeling, you know, where get like get out does not have that. And this movie, whew, it's just cranked up. The, the album covers are cranked up. That's the best way I can put it. Right. You know, the visual stuff, like the visual nature of this movie amplifies the emotions and the parts that are being talked about kind of in a subtext, you know, like, I'm sitting here, I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this movie has a lot to say about Hollywood. As a casual, I don't care about Hollywood. I don't give a, I don't give, you know, a rat's butt about Hollywood. I, whatever, you know? I don't care about its history. I don't care about, you know, the weird obsession with it. I've been to LA. It's a, it's a pile of trash, all right? Like, there's a bunch of, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of, like, people that are, I, I don't know. It's not the city for me, and I'll probably live there, and I'll hate it. Um, but, like, for me... You know, that kind of stuff does not draw me in. That does not interest me. Um, And this movie has a perspective about L.A. that did sort of draw me in. Um, You know, there's a scene with the crew sweatshirt, uh, right? Where he's wearing the crew sweatshirt and he puts the hoodie up. And there's just something kind of like boiling in you where it's like, I'm connecting with this character and I'm connecting with 
what's being said about Hollywood for the first time like ever, you know? I think that's really what kind of took me away is I was like, the people behind the scenes that don't have the story, I could get behind that. I, I, could, I could relate with that. I don't care about Hollywood, but I, I, I can relate with that, that kind of feeling, right? The survivors of Hollywood, the, one, the ones that have been chewed and spit out and forgotten, right? And there's like, I, I'm, I'm really trying not to spoil it because I think you got to go see this movie and we'll let you know when we're getting to spoilers too. Um, but there's something magical about, for me, having like kind of a personal vendetta against like, you know, <laughs> I, I guess like the kind of the two things I was thinking about and I, I'm, I feel much more friendly and, and appreciative of this movie now, but I went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I love like Tarantino movies and I had no idea what they were talking about because I didn't know anything about Hollywood history. You know what I mean? I, I know nothing about the the Manson murders and things like that. And people are like, well, you know, you're living under a rock. How could you not know that? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, I just, I'm not in that, like when they're driving on Sunset Boulevard or Rodeo Drive or all those iconic areas and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know those places, you know? That's not my city. I don't know anything about it, you know? Um, and I love how this movie was like, hey, you don't need to know anything about it because the people in LA don't even know about us either. And we're a part of the culture, you know? Uh, they don't they don't know our stories, right? Uh, I like movies that kind of approach LA in that, in that vein. Um, and that, those are the themes that have permeated beyond what I saw as like, kind of a Steven Spielberg-esque movie with just the most shocking horror moments too in it. Like, <laughs> like just like, oh my goodness. Because I think there's like a huge conversation to be had. Like, is this a horror movie? I'm on the verge of like recommending it to my dad. I, ha I have no idea because he loves the thing, right? Um, but he's like, I, oh, I don't watch horror movies. But then he was like, oh, you got to watch Halloween with me. And I'm like, okay, I, th I think you're lying. You know, like, I think I, he's a closet. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he, closet he just loves man. John Carpenter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm like, man, I feel like this could kind of be something he would be into. You know, if he digs that stuff, he's gonna. I, dig I, this. I know. I, yeah. I know. But there's still something like for me, I'm like, this is sort of a. It's a little out there. It's a little like you're definitely squirming in the seat at a lot of moments in this movie. Um, well. There's a few two and yeah. Things. <laughs> there's yeah. A, there's a few <laughs> there's a few moments, but I don't know, Karen. Like, let's talk about a little bit about your like interpretation, Karen, of the movie. Like, sort of the the thoughts that I've had and what I've been chewing on post movie are, is not really what I expected to be thinking about. What about you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to. Um, I, a lot of people have talked about sort of the um, like hype culture or sort of. Um, doing things for for a certain amount of of fame or relevancy or whatever else, um, and I think it do it definitely talks about that a, l a bit with um, you know with Stephen Yoon's character and and even to to some extent the main characters you know um, their sort of main motivation partially is for um, you know not as selfish reasons you know they they. Um, well, how how much are we spoiling here? I I guess. 
Well, we can say the characters are interested in making a buck. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Um, but I think for them, it's a, it goes a little bit deeper, uh, right? You know, they he he you know the main character sort of has a personal vendetta uh, when it comes to this you know whatever force it is. He doesn't want to you know give up his his ranch. There's a certain amount of you know this is our land. You know this is kind of my um my home um that that's going on there too so it's like th- there are there are some deeper things going on but i think i think you know a lot of people are sort of focusing on the um the element that that you know they're sort of trying to trying to get attention and there's there's this sort of hype train that's going along with um you know w- with with being the first one to a story you know being the first one to to get to get you know the image of this thing or whatever you know and so in some ways i think it is talking about that but i think that's kind of over a little bit overblown in what he's, you know, trying to say. And I, I do think the movie is a lot about the love of, um, or I guess maybe the love hate relationship, uh, with filmmaking and Mm. with, um, Mm. you know, telling the story. And, and I think, I think in some ways, you know, it might be about the sort of churn and burn culture that, um, you know, the media has, but I think, I think for for Peel, his point kind of is that the journey is a lot of you know that's that's why people do these things, right? It's not necessarily about the the final picture. It's about um, the the uh, amount of work that you had to put in to to get to that point. And I think I think that is such a love letter to you know his own past as an indie filmmaker and as someone who worked you know on comedy central for many years and as someone who's sort of in the been in the trenches um of this sort of filmmaking grind where he's like yeah i mean i didn't get a lot of recognition (laughs) at first you know people didn't really know me there wasn't a lot of uh uh fame thrown thrown my way and there were other people who um kind of took a, I guess took a cheater's way out and um, maybe have suffered the consequences for it but uh, for me why am I doing it still it's because I I love it and because I I love the you know the the product of it and so I, I to me like yes there's commentary on sort of that culture um, and that uh, that sort of relevancy um, culture but but I think he's really more saying that it doesn't matter to him um, w- whether or not that is a thing in Hollywood. He still loves making movies, and that that's kind of like his his pitch is that like this this is like a love letter to uh, to movies and to him telling stories. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of just what I took from it. As as it is so. Um, so reference heavy in a lot of ways it really is um and you know you can just see sort of this is his um you know this is his love letter it's it's a love letter to spielberg and to um carpenter and to westerns and to to lot you know things that he um really truly appreciates um that maybe haven't been so appreciative towards him, I guess. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely about the um, there. There is an aspect that's a love letter, but it's definitely it's like um, it's it's tinged with an ambivalence about the whole thing because the the movie opened. I think we can talk about the the opening. There's a, a quote about spectacle. I think it's a biblical quote, right? Um, and then it, there's also the whole thing with the horse and the the first ever. Um, series of images to capture movement in history, which is a black man riding a horse. Um, so there's there's both the sense of him sort of balking at the idea of spectacle and the idea of it like this being kind of um, not entirely a positive thing in the way it draws people in and the way people exploit spectacle also in real life, um, but also it's kind of awesome. And he's making a movie that is a spectacle movie. And that is a movie that's just purely entertaining. Um, so he's, it's kind of a movie about how it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's built on something that's a little bit, you know, sometimes on suffering or some kind of, uh, uh, something that's dangerous or, or unpleasant or unsavory, but at the same time, it's, it's also really cool and, um, and beautiful. Uh, and I also like, um, just the aspect of um, the main characters are the descendants of that man on the horse. And so that really, I think, um, hammers home his idea about the forgotten people who make movies. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, we, everyone knows, well, I mean, in film history, we know the name Edward Mybridge, the guy who um, filmed that man on the horse. But the man himself is is more forgotten to time. And throughout the movie, there's definite emphasis on people like, you know, like horse wranglers, like cinematographers who are don't always get their amount of credit they deserve um, in terms of uh, making movies. And um, I mean, we can get into some more specifics as we get into spoilers, but um, there's definitely a lot of interesting aspects of the, the different ways um, Stephen Young's character differs and is similar to, to the siblings. Yeah. Um, and the way their philosophies about filmmaking and um, yeah, it's def- definitely very rich in terms of that idea, but it, but it is not a, it is not a film about movies, the glamor of making movies. It's about the people who are, who we don't think about, uh, which is something I like. Yeah. And, and what is also interesting too, is I, I wouldn't necessarily have expected that as the main topic um, of uh, you know, a Jordan Peele movie because it's it's somewhat less serious than both of his other movies. Um, it's it's much more fun and um, you know, I guess less contemplative of sort of very serious issues, um, social issues. And so, like, I don't know, I I I find it a, a bit refreshing in terms of his own, um, I guess, his willingness to sort of lighten up uh his his movie in that way um where it is it is very fun um and even though it has it has a a plenty of commentary about sort of um i guess you could say the the, you know the injustice of certain things that have happened throughout uh, you know the hollywood story um i think he i think he really does sort of loosen up um throughout the movie and he allows certain things to just be for fun and to to be enjoyable 
you don't even really think about those. I mean, those things I'm talking about and all these ideas, I kind of only really thought of and read about and, and um, contemplated in the you know hours and days after seeing the movie. Because when I came out of it, I was thinking this is actually his least, you know, his most sort of spectacle based, his least thematically interested movies where where get out very, very overtly and us less overtly, but still were very much movies that were um, like, I'm making a movie about race. I'm making a movie about class. Um, and this, when you walk out of it, in the moment of watching it, you're, you're not necessarily thinking about it outside of just being like, wow, isn't, wow, this is really cool. This is really scary. This is really awesome. Um, but th- those themes are, are, are under the surface. And I like that as he's, um, you know, moving forward in his career he seems like he's he's getting more subtle not that get out is a is a didactic i think get out is 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 not um i think i think the way he explores the themes in that movie is well done as well but i like that he's getting even more subtle and he's not um he's he's branching out into interesting areas and and different ideas and different places um so yeah very excited to see what where he goes from yeah i i also want to say that i think that this movie like I don't think, and I was talking about bringing my dad to this one. I don't think I could take my dad to us. I I think it would be a little too much, too violent, and he would also be like, you know, oh, what are these poli- What is he talking about politics or something? You know, Hollywood, Holly, Hollywood talking about politics. Here we go with this. You know, it's not that. Pol- I don't think us is that political. It is. It is. I think us is scarier though. Yeah. I would say. Us is, us is <laughs> us is awesome though. Like it's like one of those scary yeah. movies that you're like, dude, this is awesome, you know. So I mean, maybe one day, one day I'll I'll make him watch it. But I totally agree with you. We're saying you watch this movie, you can leave, and it's kind of like when I was watching, it, I was like, I think this is strangely for me, like it feels like kind of a like Jurassic Park kind of movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like it's like one of it's one of those things where it's like this movie is gonna be for like talked about way longer than us or, or, uh, you know, get out. Like this is one of those movies that people are going to talk about for a long time. And if, and if they don't, I think it's going to be one of those, like, I think it's just going to be one of those movies that constantly comes up over and over and over again, slowly finds a following sort of like, uh, some of, Bong Joon-ho's movies that we watched where it's like, oh, everybody, now everybody knows about these movies, right? Or these are ones that people, everyone talks about them or for some reason, YouTubers are still talking about 12 Angry Men. You know, it's like a movie like that where it's like, although I don't know the box office success of 12 Angry Men, so I apologize if it was a smash hit at the time. (laughs) Um, But you you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be one of those conversation pieces and I think because of its subtle nature it's open to interpretation and somehow the interpretation is still a shotgun blast towards hollywood and the feelings and emotions that come out of um you know movie production life in hollywood i i i think we need to dig into these spoilers because i want to get into some of these characters they are um just just so lovable i think is probably the first thing and I want to talk about the fries employee. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> like, like for me, because obviously I was talking about what I was thinking about marinating on with this movie, right? Um, a guy who lives in LA stuck at that iconic fries, uh, right, with the with the UFO in it. 
Um, which you know you've which seen I think it. is closed. Yeah, I think that doesn't exist anymore. Fries is yeah. dead. I think right. I know it's like yeah. again we're talking about like you know things kind of surviving historically, right? With the over the opening conversation about uh, the movie that you saw, Juzo, and you know the tape recording that my, that was in my grandma's basement, right? Uh, like for me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like Fry's last stand. You know, I was thinking about <laughs> that with this movie. I was like, I was like, this is like. People are going to have no idea what they're looking at, you know? Yeah. Um, they're going to think when they watch this movie that it's like a rental store in Stranger Things, you know? Uh, like, oh, the, oh, yeah, we heard about those, those, you know, blockbusters, and this is a knockoff electronic store. And it's like, no, that was like, that's fries, you know? Like, you don't even know, right? Um, so, like, it's crazy how, like, this movie already is, like, it's already iconic, you know, I, I feel like that's like instantly there's like things about this movie where it's it's just seeping with, OK, you're going to talk about this movie for a long time and it's going to be like one of those films that's just. I don't know. I don't know. I just I have this weird feeling about this one and I'm not the expert. So I, I the, the character from Fries, of course, supporting some of the things I've been marinating on about like the cynical L.A. bro who's you know, stuck in this city working um, a job that he doesn't want to really be at. And um, when you go to LA, you meet a bunch of people like that and you don't meet movie stars. You you meet those people, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's cool to see like his character captured. So he was a standout for me. Um, yeah, it, it, it was cool. Cameron, talk about another character. Um, well, I guess... Yeah, I guess, um, you know, full spoilers ahead. But uh, one a character that really, really stuck with me. Oh, actually, before before we get into that, I guess fully, I will say that there are there have been some mixed reactions to this movie so far. Uh, I think mixed audience reactions, and um, I you know I think I think this movie is a risky movie. Um, it takes a lot of. Um, weird turns. It is not what you expect necessarily. And it really sort of doubles down on a, um, on kind of a, a, a strange premise that you're not really expecting from this movie. Um, so I think that was polarizing for, for a lot of people. Um, so I'm unsure that it will be a sort of genuine classic when, when we go forward. I think it, might be more of a cult movie. I don't know. I think I think only time will tell. But I mean, already, Get Out is kind of in that zone where it, Get Out basically is a classic at this point, and Us is kind of the one where people go, "Hey, actually, it's kind of underrated," which is weird because at the time I was like, "This is this is phenomenal." Me too. Me too, Juzo. Out, and I am not smart. Me too. That's all I want to <laughs> say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I, I and I think I think Get Out is terrific, but I I just think. Um, I think this it, it would be a shame if it, if it falls into obscurity because of it's a little more adventurous or whatnot. But I think I think it also just depends on his career as a filmmaker and how um, you know if 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 in twenty years he's Christopher Nolan or in twenty years he's M Night Shyamalan. Right. Because, right I mean, right. It's true. As, as much as he seems great, Shyamalan's first three big movies you know were about as good as these <laughs> ones. So you know you never know. But hopefully, and I look, I actually think M Night Shyamalan is kind of terrific. Um, but he's definitely not respected in the same way uh, 
Spielberg or Nolan yeah, are. Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess, anyway. um, sorry, to move back towards our spoiler territory, I just wanted to say that sort of before we get into it. But um, I thought one of the most impactful characters is one that had uh, some of the least screen time, um, which is the father. Um, and mm. he, 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 to me, his situation is sort of what... Um, what thrusts the movie from being sort of a maybe a uh you know cheaper character motivation for um for you know um OJ and for Emerald like what what they have um you know what their own motivation is is like oh we can make some money and get on Oprah basically uh, you know for for what they're doing um but i think in the background throughout the movie and th- this is why he's such a he's such a brilliantly uh, position character in the background is a, a little bit of um, vengeance and wonder about about the father um, who dies uh, pretty much immediately into the movie. Um, you know, he's he's sort of walking on his horse and um, a couple random things fall through the sky uh and a coin um you know flies through his his head um and um it's a strange and kind of shocking way to open your movie um it's it's a little bit uh i guess it's a little expected from a from a peel movie kind of hardcore but also um very intriguing you know makes you makes you kind of wonder it sets up sets up the entire sort of premise of the movie which is what is this thing what does it do why you know why are there things falling from the sky basically um and in a lot of ways his sort of own philosophy towards um which you only get like a little little snippets throughout the movie sort of his um hard working um almost like tough attitude um is is sort of what drives him uh through you know b- basically you know being the only um you know w- one of the major sort of horse wranglers in in Hollywood and and you know gives him this success is because of his sort of hardness um towards towards the industry and and so from from then on you know you see that reflected in how um, in how OJ is, um, trying to be sort of like an imitation of his dad. Um, but he really, you know, he's, he's having a hard time meeting the expectation of his, you know, of his dead father. And, you know, that's why you sort of get this back and forth of, of him struggling with the ranches because, you know, he, he is looking up to his dad, um, you know, both, literally and phys- you know um you know he he sort of has this expectation put on his shoulders um from his dad who is no longer there um that he just can't meet in the beginning um and so i don't know i think i think he's a he's a a complex character for being so um short lived in the movie and um he to me he he leaves such a meaningful impact and um a, just a a stunning visual of 
um, it's like a, it's, it's almost like hereditary, you know, there's like, there's that moment where he's sort of walking away on the horse, um, and he falls over and then, and the sound. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of hard cuts, uh, to, um, to him on, you know, on the hospital bed with like his eye. Um, and it's just like, it's like, wow, you know, there's like, there's, you know, something, so. Something really very, yeah. very powerful about uh, about that sequence of images. Well, one thing I loved that I read about that someone said about the father, so I can't take credit for this, is that I really like that he represents. He he has the two things. Each of his kids has one side mm-hmm. of him. The daughter Kiki Palmer has the showmanship and the charm and the ability to like be a great salesman for what what his profession is and Kaluuya has the ability and he has the focus, but he lacks that kind of salesmanship. And I like that when you see Keith David and when you see his video of his pitch and everything, he sort of combines the two, but without him, they're a little bit lost and they're kind of bisected um, going their separate ways. And, and um, again, it's, I saw, this is something I read, but I I really like that. They're like uh, a, they're like a dyad Juzo. They're like, uh, they're like, (laughs) Um, in in that stupid Star Wars movie. <laughs> Wait, which Star Wars? The movie last one. <laughs> They're a dyad. Oh, crap. Was that was that was that the deal? Yeah, it was movie? like they yeah. they came together and became what is one. The, what is dyad? Cameron will not resist an opportunity to reference the rise of Skywalker. I literally have no recollection, Cameron. All right. Wow. What, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> Um, Some somehow somehow Emperor Palpatine is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think of uh, I just think of uh, Lando laughing his head off in the Millennium Falcon. Like that's the only thing I can I can see when I think of that movie. That part of it was was pretty great. Yeah, um, but it, Rise of Skywalker aside, um, I was going to talk about. Oh, can I talk about Kaluuya's performance? Yeah. Um, because I just loved the way he was underplaying everything. I think he does this really well in Get Out also. He 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 um like when he when he when things get heat up in Get Out, let's just say, he goes inward. Like he becomes like more withdrawn and less like the intensity, I mean it's the intensity increases, but it's like he's becomes like withdrawn. It's very interesting. And I liked in this movie, it made his reactions to the very, very oh, we're in spoilers now, just seeing this, you know, alien ship vomiting blood on his house and him just being like mm, oh wow. and closing his door to his car incredibly funny and and also just move the movie being titled nope meant every time that any character said nope it became funnier um so i just i just thought that aspect of it was great and he's such a great i just i he's really one of my favorite actors working today i was thinking about how great he is in widows and uh, even in the i didn't really like the um Judas and the Black Messiah as a movie that much, but I mean, he's incredible in that one. Um, and I, yeah, he's just, he's just so fun to watch. Um, I really enjoyed him. Yeah. And, and Kiki Palmer. I, oh, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I think understated is, is right. Um, not to say that, uh, his character isn't sort of impactful, but he, he has, he has a certain, um, I don't know. It's a way to be like, uh, stoically, uh, like hands off, I guess. Um, and his, his, you know, it, it really does come down to, to his performance. Cause I think, I think there's a way to make this movie, 
where, you know, like you have to have sort of a cool collectedness, um, uh, you know, like a like a Kurt Russell, like, you know, sort of an action star. You have to you you have to sort of I guess the stereotype of a movie like this is um, that type of of action hero who's kind of um stoic and brave but but a little paranoid and sort of has a has kind of an edge to him um but he he plays the sort of stoic hero role um in such a different way um in such a unique way and and i think it really lends to um to his character as like being someone who um can take on like an immense challenge and you know him chasing down uh, the alien on the horse and like, uh, doing like so many, so many insane things to sort of, um, get the perfect shot. You know, he does it with such a, um, with, with a certain amount of finesse and, um, and there's like a cleverness to, to his character that isn't really present in sort of a, a Kurt Russell character. Um, you know, where, where he, he has this, um, this calmness that isn't really out of arrogance. It's out of like necessity, you know, um, he's, he's calm because there's no other option. You know, it's, it's like, well, what are we going to do? I'm going to sit in my car until the blood stops, you know, raining over my house. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I guess we'll figure it out, you know, <laughs> like, like what, what else am I going to do? You know, there's, there's a certain amount of, um, and that, that's where the humor comes from, I think, in this movie, more so than than sort of your classic sort of 80s horror movie. This movie is funny because it recognizes that the characters are in such a, a strange and dire situation that all the all they could do is sort of throw their hands up and laugh. You know, there's there's a certain amount of like ridiculousness to what he's doing. Um, and he recognizes it as a character. So. I love I love the moment where they're at the fast food place like after <laughs> they've just escaped the barfing alien and and he he has some I think he's commenting he's like you know you can't look at his eyes he 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 has he's had this revelation and Kiki Palmer's just like dude read the room <laughs> like we don't want to talk about that just let us eat our fish yeah sandwich. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just love that and I I love also you know what you're saying about the the um the intelligence of these char- horror movie characters I, this is something I really like about all three of Peel's movies is that he has smart protagonists. I can't tell you how many horror movies I've watched. You can feel it in the audience where people are going, no, what do you do? Why are you doing that? What do you, what is this? Right. You know, or, no, you're not going to that room, but his movies, there's always, I mean, there's that moment. I'll just say the moment with the cotton in uh, get out where everyone's like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, it just, it's always satisfying when, when you, the characters are a step ahead of the audience rather than the yeah. audience. Yeah. And, and I would say in this movie, there is a certain element and maybe that's, this is why um, there's been a little bit of a negative reaction. There's a certain element of like, why just get out of there? You know, like there, there's no <laughs> yeah. reason to stay. Um, I think that's part of what makes the movie a little off putting people is that, is that the stakes are, are weird. Yeah, like the other two definitely. movies, it is people just fighting for their lives, but this is a weird the stakes of the movie are is can we get a shot? Can we film right. something? Right. And, and and I uh, think I think the movie justifies it in several way diff, in several different ways at several different times too. So I think there's I think there is a justification for it. 
I don't know. It's not a. It's. I don't think I have a criticism for how how he does it because, um, it's it's beautifully laid out in that. A, this is something that is deeply connected to his, um, his own story. He is at home on this ranch. He's been at home, um, you know, it's been in his family for generations, and he can pretty much assume that this thing, whatever it is, is the reason that his dad died. And there's there's an element to both of those things where there's a lineage, there's sort of this, um, there's this, you know, immediate need to, to sort of keep what you have and, and sort of my family built this up over generations. I'm not, I'm not leaving, you know, I'm not giving it up so easily. Um, and then on top of that, it's, it's the personal reason of, um, this thing killed my dad. You know, it's like, it's, it is stacked on top of each other. Um, and then, you know, what people focus on is like, oh, we want to get on Oprah, which isn't really the reason, you know, like that's, that's the, that's just a line they say. I mean, like really it's about, it's about, it's the combination of making a buck. I mean, that's true that like they're trying to make money and especially, and Kiki Palmer definitely is interested in that, but it's also the aspect of being a part of film history and being part of that lineage that their um, grandfather had. I noticed something that's a very interesting little detail, which is the TMZ reporter that shows up <laughs> during the climax of the movie is named my yeah. bitch. He has the same name as the photographer. So it's almost like he's saying like in the moment of them getting their big shot, there's this other guy who's coming in with the same name as the guy who filmed their grandfather and who's going to take away their right, shot, right, you right. know? And so that aspect of, of, of trying to be, getting your your the stamp of your name on film history is is a big part of why i think the stakes of just filming something rather than fighting for your life is uh is effective and it works yeah the tmz character visually is just so cool with like the reflective (laughs) helmet and stuff like that is just that's that's such an awesome moment the the entire finale is where i began to lean back and just think oh my goodness this movie is just incredible looking and it's i mean it looks great the whole time but like as soon as you see the little um the wind like uh what are they the little like the the wavy wavy flag i was just like oh my oh my so good you know like it's (laughs) it's that was great it's oh the needle drop the exuma is it exuma he starts playing when they start cranking the thing up is yeah Everything about that is is awesome. The way that they strategize again as smart characters with the the cameras from Fries, um, the little subversion of expectations with some of the twists uh, around the uh, I guess the UFO. Right, uh, you find out a lot about it, and I love the little like the alien, um, like the aliens in his like shed or whatever. That whole scene, the audience was oh, like so, so like yeah. freaked out by that moment, <laughs> yeah. freaking out when yeah. it happens. Right? Um, yeah, there's so much, there's so much to love about this movie. I did want to touch on Stephen Yoon just because I, of course, watched another movie with him in it. I was kind of mixed on him, but he's so lovable uh, in this performance. I I didn't know how to feel, but only getting further away from the movie, it's like as I've been thinking resonating on this like LA thing, it's like he's so into it and he's so burned by it, but he's still so into Mm -hmm. it. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. And 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 like yeah. that that only helps me like kind of marinate on those same thoughts that I'm I'm thinking about now with kind of LA culture and and movie like kind of the creative industry down there is I've seen some people friends that I know just get chewed and spit out and they're on the outskirts of the city and they won't leave, you know? They're mm-hmm. like they're like mm-hmm. no, like I'm this isn't this great and and you're like what are you talking about man like this is terrible you know like um and what's crazy is that it's not just friends that i know it's people that are way way older than me uh, you know you're networking you meet people and they live on the far hills of like pasadena and they're like well i was going to be a musician but now I'm, i teach vo- vocal lessons but i'm still in it you know i'm still in the studios and stuff and i was like what are you what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, some, some of these people have been totally messed up by the industry over there and they won't address the pain that they were put through. Um, yes. And, true. and yeah. so I found Steven Yoon's performance, uh, only better and better the more that I, I, I walked away from it. So I'm super excited to like, rewatch this movie that's kind of how i feel and i'm i know we should have probably reviewed it after a second viewing but i just i was like we got to talk about this man like there's just so there's so much i love how each one of us kind of has our own different you know kind of interpretation not that any of our interpretations clash but it's more of like what are we uh, meditating on after the movie right Mm -hmm. well i mean i was definitely speaking of the yun character that idea of people being not only having something that they're, you know, the most traumatic, horrifying thing in your life, but the aspect of it becoming the thing that you're most defined by and the thing that everyone knows you from. And in some cases, and I feel like that's a very real thing where people even have to end up like capitalizing. Yeah. Yeah. He has a room sort of dedicated to the, the biggest tragedy of his life. It's like, (laughs) yeah. And it's, it's so twisted, but I think his performance is really well modulated because he's, he's um he seems he's a great showman and he's a great kind of like advocate for like, you know, the, 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 showcasing the spectacle of what happened to him as a child but you can see beneath the surface that the the pain that's there and at the end that that great shot where he's you know after you see the full flashback of him kind of like in this kind of dead zone and his wife kind of bringing him back um it's very very powerful and uh should we just talk about that that scene by the way yeah the well let's yeah let's oh, talk gosh. about the monkey situation oh because this has been a point oh. of of consternation i feel like for some people they don't like the monkey thing because i don't know why i'm i'm i think it's amazing i think it's so I, i've been seeing some people say it's the best thing in the movie well um, it certainly might be the scariest. It is the scar- i think it is the scariest. i want to say this juliana hates monkeys you know we saw Coldplay <laughs> live and they had monkeys playing in the background with you know they were happy monkeys but she was like Coldplay sucks as band i don't want to listen to their music anymore you know and so we we go into this movie and she she was like this is the most unbearable like this is like opening yeah, movie. yeah, yeah was, literally yeah she was like i can't i i just can't like she was like i'm i'm of course gonna watch this movie but she was like, I just need to look at your armpit during this scene. Like, I can't look at the screen. It's just too much. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't blame Jeez. her. I'm scared of monkeys now, too. You know, uh, Coldplay, <laughs> you're done. 
forget why well, I don't know why you would even include monkeys on your tour. Like yeah. <laughs> that is weird. I don't really understand. Well, okay, okay. What well, let's well, I want to talk about what the deal with the monkeys is. Because I I don't know. And I think it's something that um people have been annoyed about because it wasn't like fully explained. It wasn't like fleshed out. Like th- th- this this whole situation is is very strange. He opens the movie with a flashback of a monkey um you know sort of rummaging around uh dead bodies. Um from a POV perspective, you find out later. But um and then, you know, there's this shoe that's standing upright um with like one stain of blood on it. And it's like it's it's very strange. There's no ne- never any sort of explanation as to why the shoe, why the monkey went crazy, whatever happened sort of in in that situation. Um and then um you know, later on you do get the I guess a sort of throughout the movie you sort of piece together little things about the monkey and I, uh, uh, what I I don't know if I said this on the show last time but um, I thought that the monkey um, was like a logo it was like the because monkey paw productions you know it has this sort of first logo where the monkey is stirring the tea um, I thought it was just another one of those because it was like it was it felt so disconnected I didn't really get it. I thought it was like a little short snippet of like a, you know, just a movie logo, you know, and I think it even says Monkey Paw Productions on it. Um, and and then, you know, you find out later on that. Uh, no, in fact, it is the not the catalyst of the story, but it is a um, it is deeply connected, I guess, thematically to the rest of the story. Um but but I do think I think there is no um I think there's no connection to to the alien or anything like that. I don't think there is anything. There's no you mean like a diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you there's a But that that's what I was going to say was but. really the the importance and sort of wh- I guess why he centers the or why he opens the movie with that is because of that thematic connection. Um, he, I think, I think it's really sort of the most powerful uh, imagery about this sort of very tragic um, and um, horrifying event that is now turned into something um, that people uh, like are looking for and are paying to sort of see and, um, have this like morbid curiosity about. Um, and then at the same time, there's, there's an element of the monkey that is sort of the same as, as the alien and that it is, uh, you know, Steven Yoon's character is trying to tame the beast in both senses. Um, and, and he's, he's, uh, you know, he didn't learn from the first uh, <laughs> instance that you can't tame the beast. Um, there is. Yes. And he almost feels invulnerable yes. because of his, his yeah. survival. Um, you know, and, the, and there's a sense that uh, he f- he sees the alien as his ticket to, um, you know, a re- you know, regain sort of this fame and and. Um, fortune and he you know he he goes through this rigmarole of um we're gonna put out a horse at this time every day we're gonna train it so that it comes and it knows exactly what it's 
what it's supposed to do. Like it's all perfect. This is this is exactly how we would train an animal for a TV show. You know, this is this is we give them treats and they perform for us, basically. You know, um, and <laughs> you know, as if he didn't, as if he didn't already know, um, that does not uh, always work, and things uh, go very out of hand. Um, with with the alien and as well as with with the monkey so and i think that's i think that therein lies the the sort of the difference between yun's character and the, and the haywood siblings which is that he's treating it as a pure spectacle and just for the sake of sort of um you know bringing an audience and doing something cool almost like jackass or something well actually jackass is great <laughs> art so i shouldn't make that comparison um but and with with the Haywoods, they actually are like respecting the UFO as a as a creature, as an animal. And the way he, they get their shot is sort of almost like like breaking a horse yeah. or something. Yeah. And so it's it they 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 accomplish what they do because they they have an understanding of it. It's sort of like a. Like almost like when they bring in Quint and Jaws, you know, and there's like a sense of like he understands the shark. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been exactly. with this sort of thing. He gets it as the creature. He sees the eye to eye. And um and Yun doesn't. I also I was gonna say, going back to the monkey thing really quick, or chimp or I think it's what it is. The um when I f- was watching the movie in the moment, I thought and I think this is also this the movie is in conversation with a lot of these famous sci-fi movies, Spielberg movies, all this sort of thing, UFO movies, where I thought it was gonna be like the UFO as influence. In fact, I thought the shoe was like um you know, upright because of the influence of the UFO and the UFO was what was cr- causing the monkey to go crazy. And it's only by the end of the movie, you're, you're like, oh, no, no, no. There wasn't like a dumb connection yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just purely the idea of not being able to control nature. I think really in the in the world of the movie, I think it's just the balloons that freak the monkey out. The balloons mm-hmm. popping is what what sends them over the edge. Um, but it's interesting how you have those sort of things. I think also another thing I had in my head was um, maybe it's because of like, I don't know, there's certain movies, I guess I should say them because it'd be a spoiler, but there's certain movies where you have a sinister alien that turns out to be benevolent and actually, oh, he wasn't eating the people. He really <laughs> was like, you know, he's just keeping them here and the, all the people are safe. Um, actually, that's that is probably in some spooky movies, <laughs> but the when when they're getting absorbed into the alien and they're in the you don't see enough. That part is really even more horrifying in yeah totally because when they're in what you realize is the digestive folds because also at that time you don't realize it's a creature you think of it you see it as a ship right at that yeah point, exactly right? so you're you're like oh they're in the folds of something are they just being captured like it looks pretty soft you know <laughs> and it's only by when by the time you get to the rain of blood you're like oh no 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 way i think we knew what really happened yeah, to those yeah. people and then that becomes i think the second most horrifying moment yeah yeah exactly uh, well and and inside um, i think you mentioned this last time isaac but um the way the movie um gives you details um and the sequence in which it gives you details is so interesting and keeps you so engaged it it um it is always one step ahead of you and you're always left wondering what the next you know what the next little piece of the puzzle is and and so when you you know when they get all you know they all get sucked up and sort of you you see them sort of um 
uh, screaming and blah, blah, blah. Uh, y- mm-hmm. You remember that, the you know, he, he's like, oh, I've never heard a horse make that sound and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a moment, and this is where you sort of really start to put it together. There's a moment that reminds mm-hmm. you of the horse um, where they're screaming, they're screaming, they're screaming, and then and then it just cuts to silence. Um, and then that's mm-hmm. when you sort of start to <laughs> piece things together about what is really going mm-hmm. on here. Um, and then after that, you get the full sort of full explanation, um, you know, with the sort of raining of blood and uh, everything like that. And it's like, Bones yeah, yeah. Up, and yeah. so there's there he has, you know, the movie has such a way of um, <laughs> of giving you just little pieces and then you reflect back and you're <laughs> completely horrified uh, with those little pieces. Um, but you want to keep reaching. You want to keep seeing where where these things go. Um, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's just so, so well laid out in that way. Also, that shot before they get before you see them in the folds of the esophagus or whatever, the the there's a really you see it, it cuts from Yun. He's looking up and then it cuts to black. Right. And then you see it's like from far away and you're in that what looks like a hallway or it looks like a corridor or something um, that you saw earlier in the, yeah, movie, the square right? in the opening the square, credits. Right. Yeah. You see the square and then re- really far away. You hear the screams and you see the little figures of people go. That to me was like so chilling. Just that. Vid- in fact, it's almost more chilling than the being in the folds of this digestive system. Um, that's that's really one of the that the shoes standing up are like two images that are just like burned yeah. into my brain. I totally. have to say this movie. Well, we didn't talk too much about the director character. Um, the cinematographer? He, or the, the yeah, yeah the, the, yeah, the DP. I thought he was hilarious. He's awesome. so funny. He was yeah. phenomenal. And um, I'm trying to think of anyone else that is super noteworthy. Well, we didn't talk about cast. Kiki Palmer at all. And I, I cut you oh. off, Juzo, um, which you were going to say. Oh, just, I, I knew her most from um, that great clip of her on Conan during when Norm Macdonald is is like sort of flirting with her um is is just a wonderful thing anyone should look up it's delightful um but I I you know she's been hustlers for a little bit I just was not really familiar with her um but she's wonderful and she's a great foil because she's everything that um Kaluuya isn't and so charming and so kind of like you know delightful and um and a great and sort of a great action hero at the end of the movie. They even do like homages to like I, I haven't seen Akira, but like when she's sliding the motorcycle, yeah. apparently yeah. that's a, a nod to Akira. And um, it's it's a great it's a really great. I like sibling relationships like the one in the movie. I think the contrast between them is great. And um, and there's some great. I love the the payoff of the the thing where he he you know he points yeah. to the eyes. You yeah, know? totally. Uh, that you see as a kid when that happens, it's actually very very a very emotional moment. Um, and I love it's just in the way he's at the end, you know, he's in the mist and the horse and it's such a Western. I mean, it's it's evoking that, you know, black man, a horse first image of the f- film history. But also it's it's such a great um, he's evoking so much great Western iconography in the movie that, of course, I just dig. And I mean, the part I think my favorite part in the whole movie is when he's he's riding away from he's <laughs> with his hoodie on. He's riding away from the UFO and the music 
is like action movie music and then it sort of adds in little notes yeah, of western yeah. music and then it goes like full western <laughs> it goes like full magnificent seven as he's like spooling out the the uh you know the, the umbrella or whatever is just like a wonderful moment i just love i love that he really went for it with the yeah. western stuff like we're gonna go full out western it's good um love that i think it's pretty clear with the recommendation you should see this movie that's that's how i feel about it it's the only one i went and saw this summer and you should go see it because i was right that was the only you Film know of the year. it's 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 incredible it's super fun uh, i got to see it with glenn i was a little quiet towards the end because i didn't want to spoil anything so i didn't really say too many spoilers on the mic because he's <laughs> in the room i thought we were in spoilers well, no, 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 for are, glenn for glenn because he's like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there. i, right, I want right, to see right, it with glenn yeah. um <laughs> So, yeah, I highly recommend it. Cameron, recommendations? Oh, I, I 100% recommend it. I will say, um, now, this is one of his most, or this probably is his most fun movie in terms of sort of action and uh, giving you everything that you want. Um, but I do think Us is a funnier movie. Um, True. As much of, uh, as it is a, a scarier movie. Um, I think Us has such a brilliant coin flip. Every scene is both the the funniest thing and the scariest thing. <laughs> you know, it has it has such a um uh, a two-tone nature to it, um, which I think is just um amazingly balanced in that movie. This is less scary and less funny, but more sort of enjoyable overall. And I would say it has those, it evokes those emotions of sort of classic Spielberg, classic Hollywood, you know, it gives you that, um, you know, that, that sort of visceral chasing. It's like the fugitive, you know, like it's, it gives you a, a punch, um, and a jolt, you know, every, every couple minutes you're like in it the whole time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't recommend it enough. It is so weird in, in some ways. Um, and if you just let yourself enjoy it, I think people, I think people, you know, whatever, uh, the, the normie audience will say it's, you know, it's been pol semi-polarizing, I guess, but, um, you know, I think it, I think it really just is, uh, so, so great. I think the key of watching it is not to think about too much in the moment, like just enjoy watching it and you'll your your mind will process and think about like what's the meaning of these things uh, after you watch it, because I was watching it just like having a great time. And I think um, it's funny, I, I you know, Mick LaSalle, he, he panned the movie and he said it sort of was like like holding in place like it because I guess the story doesn't like go anywhere like they're trying to do the same thing over and over but i mean i still think this is a massive L for mick because i mean <laughs> i just recognize this like masterful movie um i think what what makes it kind of effective is is the way it 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 does shift genres a little bit more than the his first two movies do like it starts out a little bit more of a horror movie and then becomes like a escape thriller and then becomes the ending almost feels like a heist yeah. movie a little bit like mm -hmm. it's like a bunch mm -hmm. of guys trying to pull off a pull off a job you know against all odds um, and I just love that aspect of it. And I definitely, your Cameron, your comment when we talked about us, you know, three years ago about the mixing of horror and comedy and how those are 
sometimes are like two sides of the same coin, sometimes in the same moment. Um, I was thinking about a lot uh, mm-hmm. during this movie, actually, because I mean, definitely that scene where he's, you know, looking outside his car and going, oh, nope, and closing his door is, is <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, epitome yeah, of exactly. that because it's so terrifying, but it's so funny all yeah. at the same time. So, yeah, definitely enhanced the enjoyment thinking of that. Well, go see it in the theaters when you have the chance. I haven't seen it on IMAX, but it was all shot on IMAX. The, it looks massive. It's awesome looking. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to linger too much more because I feel like we said a lot and we could go on and on and on. Um, I my the the thing I am the most curious about is how this movie ages and how people will think about it in two to four years because I was right about us. That's all I'm going to say. I was right about us. From the beginning, I was right. <laughs> People were like, that was dumb. It didn't make any sense <laughs> that there were all those things that happened at the end. And that was the first thing that some of these friends, uh, so-called friends, that I went to see this movie with, they walked out of the movie, oh, this didn't make sense. What about the shoe? What about the shoe? You know? And I was like... <laughs> I love that they don't explain the shoe. I was like, who cares about the shoe? Like that. that was awesome. Like, what are you talking about? That was amazing. I... Th- I think it is more upsetting and more disturbing that image of the shoe because it's you don't ever get an explanation because it just sticks in your head as something that's you can't put your finger on. And if he had explained it, you would have been like, "Oh, it's just oh, it's magnetized." What you like, but making hours it mysterious is <laughs> hours of YouTube yeah. content. Hours of YouTube. Yeah. What? yeah, people trying to explain it. It's like the, it's not, the explanation is not the point. It's the feeling it leaves. Watch with, Mojo's you know? top ten explanations for the shoe in Jordan Peele's. Uh, <laughs> nope. And, and I would Number say one. Th- this. <laughs> To, to be fair, this is one of the major criticisms of a lot of horror movies is that they do explain things too much. You know what I mean? And there is sort of this uh, this sense that that you don't want a lot of um, you don't need a lot of explanation for for certain things. And I would say this might even end up on the too a little too much side in some places where um you know by the end you're sort of seeing the full alien which I don't know if I necessarily need, you know. I kind of want a a, a more or less, you know, jaws like experience with this with this alien. Well, Actually, it is a little bit like Jaws, and actually, the yes, whole movie yes. really is. It's like it's like Jaws right, in the right, sky, exactly. basically. Um, but the the I think it is a little bit like Jaws, where it is way more scary in Jaws when the shark's yeah not seen, and when you see it at the end, you're like, oh, look at it, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly. And the alien, it's it's not like funny when you see the alien, but it definitely is. It's the least scary part of the movie is when you see that it sort of unfurled. Um, yeah, I, I do think if, if I'm going to like have any criticism, I think the ending probably goes on like a little bit long, like it overstays just a little bit. Um, though I do like the whole aspect of her taking a series of photos, you know, like the MyBridge film, you know, like that's great. But um, it, it maybe overstays just a little bit um, with with the finale. But, you know, sm- small complaint for, you know, given the rest of the films I've seen yeah. this year. Um, okay. Well, I think that wraps up our conversation for Nope. I'm sure we'll talk about it and reflect on it in future episodes just here and there. Go see the movie. Best movie of 2022 so far, at least for me. Um, and I think all of us can agree. I don't know. Cameron, you agree? Um, yeah, I think so. So go see it. Go see it in theaters. Um, 
we really enjoyed it and we post every Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening to the show. We appreciate your support, listening to our, our rambling on and on about it. And we will see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.